Early in my ministry, when I was new to sermon writing, my mother shared a bit of wisdom she had picked up along the way. Now, my mother's a lifelong Unitarian and Unitarian Universalist, and she's listened to a lot of sermons. And she said, if you begin with love and end with community, you have a complete message. If you begin with love and end in community, you have a complete message. And that reminder continues to prove true. I think beginning with love is a wise choice at any time. And in that spirit, I begin with love this week in Thanksgiving. In this holiday moment, I hope you have known kindness. I hope you are warm. And I hope you are fed in body, mind, and spirit. And if you have not been loved or respected, I hope you hear that love from me now. If you are mourning, your sorrow is heard. If you are angry, I see your rage. If you are afraid, anxious, hungry, in need of touch, I offer my witness, I extend to you the cloud of witnesses that is this religious community. When gathering in the holiday season, we already need the grace of welcome that comes to us and is created by us as a gathered body. That creation and that welcome is an expression of faith in the power of love. And we keep expanding on it again and again and enlarging our circles ever further and proclaim that all are worthy and all is connected. In this moment, when we cannot gather in person as we have done, as we are used to doing, as we need to as human beings. Love can feel so very far away. The welcome, not so welcoming. I hope that you know love and connection for yourself, whatever may also be with you now. Acting from love whether in the beginning or the middle and the end, at any time, acting from love also means facing painful history and its legacy. As we conclude this month and the Soul Matters theme of healing, I finish with the question, what does it mean to live as a people of healing? What does it mean to live as a people of healing? For me, part of the beginning with love is to recognize need. What is in need of becoming more whole, more functional? We recognize what struggles are with us now, what challenges are with us every day, and what hardship is with us always, chronically, always around us. 
in recognizing need, we get to be naming what is difficult to create and retain, declaring this hardship, offering witness to others as well as to ourselves. To begin with love is to be open to what is broken, cracked, recognizing when we have failed and fallen short or ignored, deluded ourselves, in fact, with comforting stories, um, saying, well, this was what was going on, and it really wasn't about me. I've simply received something along the way. We can often do that in our holiday celebrations. I have been receiving of all the abundance, but I was not the one to begin it in the first place. To begin with love is to be open to what, what hardships our neighbors face. Those who have been with us and are in our beloved community, our larger community, and weeping for all that has been lost in the generations of their people, as with the native lives that have gone before us. Because this pandemic, it is our major overriding story. There are a number of other stories also with us. We get to be exploring what also is with us in this holiday season. And that exploration, that consideration, that by itself is an act of inquiry, discovery, of care and stewardship for the world. And it may shift our perception, our expectations, and even have an impact on the present and as we go forward into the future. All of this are aspects of the question, what does it mean to be a people of healing and acting out of love, acting out of care for our larger community? With autumn, that we are now kind of coming towards the end of I must say that the pattern of leaves uh, across the hills on both sides of the river reminds me of my native New England. I love the fall foliage. And in addition to the witnessing of the beauty, this year I've also been hearing it, kind of in the sound of the song sung from Ancient Mother, recognizing the song of the earth in all of its glory and also in, in its weeping as well. Because this year, this year has a notable anniversary. In addition to the novel experience of the pandemic, we have something that has been coming down to us for centuries that set the course of oppression on this continent. It happens that 2020 along with everything else that is part of this year, it happens that 2020 is the 400th anniversary of when the Pilgrims landed at, Pl at Plymouth, Massachusetts. 400 years ago, the Pilgrims landed in Massachusetts. That by itself is stunning to realize how long that history has been. And more and more people every year are taking seriously the implications of that experience on all of our lives. 
my colleague, the Reverend Daniel Gregoire, who is a, a black man serving in a Unitarian Universalist congregation in Massachusetts, he writes about this. He says, history is very present with me now, he says, as we approach this anniversary in our national and religious history. The 2020 marks the 400th anniversary of the landing of the Mayflower at Provincetown and then in Plymouth in Massachusetts. And he says, the mythos attached to that fateful day serves as the basis for the Thanksgiving holiday many of us celebrate. And others rightfully mark the holiday with mourning and with tributes to people who were nearly wiped out by imperialism. He says, all of this converges into a history that is still present and impossible to escape. Most of us, he writes, are not pilgrims or Puritans or colonists or even Christian. And yet the legacy still is with us. They compose the roots of the institutions that we have built up and what we sustain. So the layers of history are coming at us all at once with this intersection of ministry and legacy and exploration and landing on the, the landing on this continent uh, in supposedly search of religious freedom and then celebrating with Thanksgiving and the narrative that there was this peaceful gathering and everybody was happy to be together and share in the bounty of the fall. But this holiday, this year, I invite us to be a part of that mourning and that accountability to recognize what has been received and what has been harmed. I affirm that there is this foundational part of our history and its present impact in this country. I am taking this anniversary to heart for myself as someone who came from those pilgrims and that boat. I invite all of us to do so as part of our Unitarian Universalist legacy, in fact. Those Puritans were the founders of the Protestant Church in this land. And in 1648, they created the Cambridge Platform that offers the core description of our congregational polity, how our congregations work and relate to each other, how our congregations are organized, and how each congregation gets to declare who is a member, who is a minister, who is an educator, that each congregation is at once independent and interdependent, and that we have a mutual obligation to relationship and support of one another. We have this direct inheritance from those who arrived here 400 years ago. In all the ways that they arrived, our polity as well as their, their claiming the land and pushing out the people that remained. They did so, these pilgrims did so in their effort to build a city on the hill in, name of God, in the name of God their God and their hill. And Unitarian Universalism, to be a people of healing, as this congregation claims in 
its own mission. This work includes living with this history and recognizing our own work and acknowledging that legacy and further unpacking all of its impact on us today. To face what, we, what is in need of healing, we can start with one of the most profound wounds that we have in our land. What is also with us, because Thanksgiving, of course, isn't enough. What's also with us are layers of further holidays and holy days. Because as we're beginning into December, there are far more ahead of us. This time of year is dense with these holidays and holy days from all around the world and across a multitude of cultures. There is so much pressure to be merry and bright, if you will. And pretty soon we can say, Merry Solstice Quanzica. Now, I love so many of the elements of what we have before us. I love the lights. We are a Santa faithful home. There was even a letter that magically appeared from Santa when questions came up about which gifts were from home and which were from Santa and Santa resolved the conversation. What is also true is that holidays are a mixed emotional experience and are truly, truly difficult for many of us, even when we find ways to avoid them. Recognizing that we have a blue Christmas Vespers this month as part of tending to that mixed experience. So what to do as a people of healing in this moment when there is so much that is wrapped up with various kinds of colored and tattered bows? One of the things we can do to pick up from the story shared by Amy is kind of flip over the map and look at what could be constructed differently. What other ways that we can bring things together? What can we recognize that keeps running through as threads we want to keep and hold and honor and our life sustaining, even as we recognize what has been harming? You know, something that strikes me about so many of the holidays that we celebrate in human experience as well as this moment is how they come from notable moments. There is something unusual that happened and is remembered and honored. People came together, for example, to celebrate survival and to give thanks. You know, in Judaism, the oil lamp during Hanukkah burnt for days when it should have lasted for one. At the winter solstice, we have the sun, the symbol of life itself, returning on the darkest night and prayers that extend to the sun that that light might return. And for Christmas, there is this new child to be born that will upend the oppressive empire. Or, as we will also hear on December 6th, there is the Buddha, and Bodhi Day, the Buddha finally attaining enlightenment 
by sitting under the Bodhi tree. And the list goes on. What strikes me is in kind of that flipping over the map and seeing things from another perspective is how much life finds a way. Even when the usual path is torn asunder, even when life is desperately hard, even when we are afraid that the, that the light, that the sun will not return and we're afraid of the night itself, life finds a way. When oppression has been with us, perpetuated by us, and the empire is overwhelming us, that life continues to find a way. How might we continue to live as a people of healing now? Daniel Gregoire, my colleague again on Thanksgiving, he talks about this intersection of history and culture leaves me with ambivalence and discomfort as it should. And it feels generative. He says, I'm strangely excited about this particular moment of discomfort because something new could come from it, something like healing. He says, this is our opportunity to reimagine what Thanksgiving could be, and by extension, who we could be. What could it mean to mourn with those who are mourning? What would it mean to jettison the mythos of thanksgiving, the typical pilgrims in the hats, and even replace the traditional meal with a vigil? Those who are gathering in Plymouth are indeed doing so. And I invite you, you can go look at any time online to see how that has been honored and, and noted in other years, including, I think, in this one. Now, we are not in Plymouth, but we can ask and reflect on these questions as well. What would it mean to change the perspective, trust in the knowledge that we seem to be reproducing every year with our traditions and celebrating these holidays again and again, that life continues to find a way and go forward with something new. Our knowledge of the wrongs of the past and the knowledge of the unearned benefits that come from those wrongs, Daniel talks about, might help us build lasting and true and more authentic relationships today and in the future. And that, he says, indeed would be a cause for thanksgiving. And I would agree. Love in action in this holiday season, in this profound anniversary moment of 400 years that have gone before us, we get to be more authentic. We get to explore with honesty where we have come from, the implications, and what we truly want to celebrate going forward, what is actually important and worth keeping. Be vulnerable in saying this has been part of our legacy and admitting that that has been the case. 
humble and saying there are other people's stories that should come before ours, not just any one particular story that we've been perpetuating for a long time. And authentic. And want to engage in relationship and demonstrate a will to change our behavior, to tell different stories, new stories, ones that take into account all the stories that are around us, not just the dominant group. We have a chance in this moment in this time, this generative moment, to return to what matters most. It strikes me still, there's the book Unplugging the Christmas Machine from 1991, and we're still having that conversation about how to tend to ourselves and not get caught up in buying and that things are the value of one's worth and are the ultimate expression of care for somebody else. You don't have to do all of the events, and this year we can't. And perhaps that's something to take with us. Like what, really, what do we really want to do now and in this moment, and how might that impact what we do going forward? We have the opportunity to tend to the emotional response of ourselves in this time and not pretend to be okay and full of holiday cheer. You don't have to fake that smile and say that you're okay. I love the variation on a book from long ago, which to me says, I'm not okay, and you're not okay, and that's okay. And if you haven't heard that, please hear that now. Letting ourselves tend to our emotional responses is a gift that keeps on giving, and it won't collect dust on the mantle either. We have this possibility to flip perspective. Remember why we honor these holidays at their core, which needing to have those reminders that life continues on, that life finds a way. And what is the way that we want to find with the life that is given to us? We maybe we get to see ourselves at each other for the first time. And that that would be a gift and a reason for Thanksgiving, too. Let me close with a litany of Thanksgiving from my colleague, J.L. Shattuck, an educator in Massachusetts. Today we were generous that we had enough of ourselves to give. Let us be thankful. Today we offered help that our spirits are strong and our minds ready with solutions let us be thankful. Today we loved another, that even now in the midst of our grief, our hearts continue to be open. Let us be thankful. Today we felt moments of joy and wonder, that joy and wonder remain so persistent that they continue to shimmer in the corner of our new lives and in this changed world. Let us be thankful for all we have shared today, for all that has passed between us and all we hold dear, let us give thanks. <laughs>